Welcome to Zach to the Future. I'm your co-host, Dashiell Driscoll, joined today by Mark Paul Gosler. Hello, Mark Paul. Hi, Dashiell. I'm always joining you, by the way, because it's our show. You do realize this, right? I know, but I kind of introed the first one like that, and I got locked into it a little bit. I see what you're doing there, then. Well, I'll do something different next time, but I, you probably won't like it, and we'll have to redo it anyways. No, I'll love it, but the audience will hate it, and they'll, they'll blast you on Twitter. Yeah, so like every other episode... Uh, now I see today, Mark Paul, you brought along a very special guest. Dashiell, I'm so excited because it's our first celebrity guest. <laughs> uh, yep, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, gonna fact check that one. We had Brecken Meyer. Dashiell, come on. You know Brecken isn't a real celebrity, so I brought uh, right, along- you mean a real- Got it. A okay, real, real celebrity. celebrity. We yeah. have Nikki Glazer. I'm so excited to have- I See what I did there? I'm so excited- to have you on the show. We've been talking about this for a while. I'm so glad this is working out. I am thrilled to be here. It is a dream come true. I have no words. I, it's, um, yeah, I met you because I requested that you appear in a segment I was doing when I was guest hosting Jimmy Kimmel Live as, um, as like a celebrity crush I had in the past. It would be funny for you to appear in this video that I was doing. And then you were so nice. And then afterwards, we were just chatting after we had shot the thing and you asked me to be on your podcast. And I was like, just, I, I thought it would never happen. I just thought you were being polite. And then, and then it's, it's happening and I can't believe it. And it's, it's, one of the, it's one of the coolest things that's happened in my career. And that's no hyperbole. Well, you know, um, first off, uh, you dream too small uh, if this was a <laughs> dream come true. And I believe that you've done some really big things in your career. So I take that as a huge compliment that uh, this means so much to you because I followed your career. Um, you know that uh, I'm a huge Howard Stern fan, as is Dashiell. And whenever you go on that show, I think it's some of the best um, you know, uh, radio. Uh, and, and it's just such a pleasure to hear you on, on the air. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for, for joining us, Nikki. And speaking of your career, uh, Nikki, you know her from her banging Netflix special, Trainwreck, I Feel Pretty, and the Comedy Central roast. You know Nikki Glazer, and now you, now you have her credits. What joy. Yeah. <laughs> now, Mark Paul, I'm aware you did your homework. You do every week. And Nikki, I'm aware you also did your homework. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. I was, I was loving an assignment like this. I watched last night. Um, my parents had to go to bed. I live with my parents right now during this weird time. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. And, uh, and they were going to bed and I was like, I got to watch Say by the Bell. And they were like, you got to watch it. I'm like, I got to watch it. <laughs> they, they ended up watching it with me. Um, but then they were like too tired. They had a long day and they were like, we're going to bed. And I was like, I'm going to stay up and, and finish this. And, and it was just so surreal. I go, I can't believe I've reached a point in my career where I, it is my job to watch Save by the Bell because it was like, I mean, that, that's, that's the, that's the dream. To be like, to, I have to watch Say by the Bell. Someone would have told me that when I was in fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, and watched hours of your, the show every day. And now it's like, oh, I got to do it before I go to bed. It was, it's a dream. And so I had so much fun. Did your parents remember you watching the show in your youth? Yeah. Well, the thing is, my dad didn't. I watched it with my dad uh, a few weeks ago just to, to gear up. And I showed him a couple episodes and he was like, I don't remember you ever watching this. And I was like, Oh, it was because we watched it when you were at work and mom didn't want to like play with us. So she would just like plop us in front of the TV and we loved it, but we would watch like, you know, it was on after school for like, I think two hours. It was like four episodes and we watched every day. I had every show memorized. 
Um, and I was completely obsessed and, uh, yeah. And my, and so my mom definitely, I put it on last night. My mom was singing the theme song. She remember everything. I even wrote down the quote. My mom said right out of the gate, he's a good little actor <laughs> about you. <laughs> oh, about me. Well, that's a nice little compliment. Yeah. She goes, he's a good little actor and you are, you are, you were, and you are, it was, it's, um, what is, I mean, I know you've covered this already, but I'm just fascinated what is is it painful for you because for me watching myself is is excruciating and uh, do you have enough distance that it's not so much no it's no, not, the, it's the, not the, good. the short answer is it's horrible for me to watch i i i really think i suck um uh your your mom's comment went right through my brain and and never had a chance to uh, to cling on to any anything that I believe that I suck. I mean, I I watch it and I think, boy, did I, that was the wrong choice. I could have done that better. And not enough time has passed for me to to just. I mean, here's the thing. I enjoy the show, right? I sure. I watch it now, and um, it's it's silly and it's fun and it's uh, it, it's, but it, it but for for me as a professional, I look at my work. And it's it's hard for me to watch, but the good thing is I like I have a lot of good things to say about the other actors. I'm I'm really impressed with, um, you know, Mario and, and Tiffany, and and um, we've talked about Mr. Belding, uh, Dennis Haskins. I think he was just so comedically on point. Um, but for me, I I I think I I looking at it, I go, God, I really was the weakest link. <laughs> yeah, Nikki, when you when you said your mom's comment about that boy's a good little actor. I was looking at Mark Paul's face. He did not register that as being about himself. Yeah. <laughs> he really no. does not like, he's so critical of, uh, of and, his old performances. And it's, you know, I really relate to that of, of thinking like, Oh, everyone else is better. Or like th- I was there, but the, the whole thing, I'm proud to be a part of it. Everyone's good, but I was the weakest link. It just, it's the imposter syndrome. We all have it. Uh, you think you're getting away with something there's just no way you, you were so good. You were my favorite part of that show. No offense to anyone else on it, but, um, and even rewatching it, you're so adorable. You're so fun to watch. Um, you are so confident. Did you feel confident when you were at the time? Did you question everything? Do you think? Yeah. I mean, uh, confident. Oh my God. I was the, I had such low self-esteem because of that age. I think I was 14, yeah. 15. I mean, Dashiell, you know, you do math better than I do, but that was 1990. Uh, I was born in I'm going to ballpark it around 15. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. So, so close, to, close to 16. <laughs> it was just an awkward period in my life. I mean, this particular episode was called cream for a day. Um, deals and and I'm not going to take your thunder away Dashiell you will give the summary of the episode um <laughs> thank, but, thank god <laughs> but you know we talk about zits and uh, as as the show will progress and and hopefully we'll get more seasons of this I will point out because I will be able to tell when I used to get these big cystic um um things underneath my skin and you know it'd be pretty difficult to to cover up uh, for the makeup artist, but I will point them out and we will have a good chuckle about that. Um, but boy, did that really affect me, um, you know, being on film at this age. It was such an awkward time in my life. And then to have it as evidence that other people could watch, it it was, it's sometimes hard to digest. I, I, I you know, again, I'm looking at it through a different point in my life right now. So I'm able to enjoy things. But uh, back then it wasn't, it, it's why I think I didn't watch the show once it was completed. 
Interesting. It's, it, it, there's no part of you that's old enough now that you can look <laughs> back and look at like a young, because I know when I see pictures of myself when I was around that age and I like hated myself and I just felt so insecure and I can go, oh, you poor thing. You were, look how cute you were. You didn't even know you were killing it. You were doing your best. You're still, you, you haven't let up on that kid. Um. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I've let up on that kid. But for me to look back on these episodes, like, listen, if we never did this podcast, I would never see these episodes and I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, there's no part of me that says, oh, I, I, I should really dive back into that period of my life. Uh, my kids watch it every once in a while. They sure. enjoy it. But I, I wrote in my notes, um, you know, after Dasha will give the summary, I wrote in my notes things that I noticed about this particular episode. I don't remember um, this episode. I don't remember filming, but I wrote my new hair. I, my hair was pretty big in this episode, as well as with the other um, background artists and and actors, like Tiffany's hair was pretty big. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Lark's hair was pretty uh, teased out, um, but I wrote n- my new hair. I wanted to discuss how awful my hair looked. And Actually, Slater makes a joke. He says that they have to kill, that I had to kill three mooses uh, to get my hair done like that. I don't know what came first, whether my hairstyle was like this and the writers just wrote a joke uh, at my, at my benefit. Um, But the other thing I wrote uh, was, I I guess you could see this as being a little negative, but I wrote that the wardrobe and colors of the episode were all at a very high level. It was very bright. And I wrote Zach Morris's testosterone levels were at an all-time high because my body movements, there's a lot of things that I did in this episode that are very aggressive, like the way I, I push a door open at the very end, scene in the max, the way I said to uh, to Kelly, I go, well, that was stupid. There's this body movements that I'm doing. I'm cheering very loudly in the max, but there's things that I'm doing that I notice. Like, wow, I was really working through some things. Yes. And I can only I can only say that I was going through changes as we're watching these episodes, um, I- and that's that's hard. That was hard for me to watch then. It's more fun for me to watch now. But we're also doing this for a podcast. Yeah. No, I, um, that's really fascinating that you say that because there were moments that I, like you could, that you can see what you were dealing with in those, in those moments as yourself not coming out. And I, I clocked a couple of those too. Your voice was changing a lot during this episode as well. That must have been so hard to deal with. Like where you're, if your voice would crack, which happens to literally every guy through puberty, your voice was like going through some changes. Would you remember times on set where it would be like embarrassing and you'd have to take it again and stuff like that? Yeah, I actually use that as a crutch at times. I use that as um, we call it, you know, as a trope of mine that I would use yeah. to 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 get a point across. But yeah, on this one, I think um, that wasn't a modulation of my voice when I go <laughs> uh, see ya. It was like my voice just like cracked and. And uh, it was cute. I mean, I, I used it as a, as a, as a tool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, obviously I was able to tap into that because my voice was changing. I mean, from episode to episode, we're on what episode now, Dashiell? Eight? Nine? This is episode eight. Episode eight. Um, but the, the changes that I have gone through since um, the beginning of, of the show have, have been, for me, pretty massive. It's it must be crazy to watch this. I I really give it up to you for for doing this and going through these because I know it can be. <laughs> pa- I, I know it's probably really painful, but um, I just gotta say, as someone who grew up watching it, um, I thought you were flawless, <laughs> and I was Aww. in love with you. <laughs> 
and you could have done no wrong. Every girl, my like, we all just thought you were just perfect. So um, none of us saw what you saw. Take that, Mario Lopez. <laughs> and what better segue to the, the summer? It was, it's been it was so always a competition. <laughs> it was always a competition between Mario and I. Uh, so I will take that one and I, I, I will wear that badge proudly. Oh, yeah. You, in my group of friends, we were all Zach girls for sure. No yeah, offense to were. Mario. Yes. <laughs> all right, we were Mario boys, well, Mario boys where I was from, but that's no big deal. <laughs> uh, so because you two both did your homework, and thank you, just in case you're listening and you didn't do your homework, here's a brief summary. It's homecoming week at Bayside, and Kelly is vying to be queen. Screech got a zit, but a chemical explosion in science class removes it instantly. Zach realizes they can sell the stuff from science class to students. Only Screech later discovers it turns your face maroon after Zach gave Kelly a tube to get rid of a pimple. They learn the maroon fades after a day. Zach confesses to Kelly, who is furious he cost her the homecoming title, until Zach gets everyone to paint their faces maroon in a show of school spirit. Kelly's crowned homecoming queen. The end. And just like that, we're in act one. Uh, And if you'll notice, uh, we've talked about writers and art department kind of hiding jokes. Zach's locker appears to be the number 69. I wonder if that was a coincidence. Ooh. It's between 268 and 270, his head blocking that, that dirty little number. Just a fun little fact. I'm shaking my head because I can't believe you went there on a kid's show. <laughs> I didn't go anywhere. I sat on my couch and, and watched what these perverts did 30 years ago. But what about that hair? Look at, how, look at that, that poof that I have going on there. That was not as big in the last episode. I do like the moose joke where you had to kill three moose for your hair because that insinuates that moose comes from the animal, a moose. I thought it was a pretty decent joke, pretty out there. It's funny because I watch these um, on um, uh, subtitled, uh, the shows, (laughs) and they actually spelled it out, M-O-U-S-S-E. So they got the joke. Oh, yeah. Real quick, this this episode sets up the rivalry between Bayside and Valley, a in-series rivalry that just keeps going and going and going. Uh, Mark Paul, it is interesting you mentioned in the last episode going to school in Valencia, which I would say is Deep Valley. You were a Valley kid. I think fans of the show might be shocked to uh, wrap their head around that one, that Zach Morris was, in fact, hailing from the Valley. Yeah, no, I, I was born in Sun Valley, uh, right here in the San Fernando Valley. Um, I was a total Valley boy and, uh, I, I would look to the, uh, South and Southwest and see green and where I grew up in the Valley was very Brown. Um, and I would just, one day I will live in those Hills they called Mulholland. <laughs> uh, I believe that's where you were Dashiell, um, in the greener part of, of Los Angeles. But yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Valley boy and very proud to be a Valley boy. I did move into those. Yeah, my parents are your neighbors, so we do reside in similar hills now. Uh, so, Nikki, did they have the Valley dialect in Ohio? Did that did that reach your shores or lack of shores rather? No, you know, I think this was my first exposure to it. I was watching this last night and thinking, oh, this was probably the first time I heard the Valley like accent because then it was. Uh, reinforced again with Clueless, I believe the movie, but I don't think before then I had ever come across it. I think this was the, this was probably the first time I, I had heard it. I also wrote down something about, there was a go, there was a princess Diana joke that was pretty, um, did you see that one where it was uh, right before this? Uh, the, Kelly is talking about how she wants to become um, 
you know, the, 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 the queen and someone says, I'll let you know if anything happens to princess die. I didn't I see that. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think, I think Lisa goes, yeah, well, we'll let you know if anything happens to princess die. I mean, this was many years before that, but it was a little like, whoa, records, record scratch moment. <laughs> Uh, she we, signed herself up for a not so fun phone call, I guess. <laughs> yes, I, I hope someone let her know. <laughs> yeah, I guess many years later, it's like, oh, God, well, I said I, I want to be queen. Here it goes. Well, we'll tell you if anything happens to Princess Die. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes is right. <laughs> well, that's one of those accidental history things. Like, yeah. there's, <laughs> there's no way for them to, to call that one. Oh, it's a conspiracy. I think they were planning it even back then. And we got a gaggle of nerds <laughs> for a fun retainer cutaway joke. Uh, oh yeah, Nikki. I'm 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 glad you're pointing out the stuff that works for you comedically because uh, I I love that kind of stuff. The the little cutaway to the nerds. What fun! Uh, the I was I definitely wrote down something about the this Saved by the Bell was what defined nerds to me. I didn't know anything about pocket protectors, retainers, um, being obsessed with science. Like the, this this defined nerd culture to me. Uh, the the, the yeah, he says he's in the retainer club or something. Did you have a retainer? I did. It's in my other room. It's like I'm living in my childhood bedroom right now, and it's like currently on my nightstand. I tried to like put it back in my mouth, and it doesn't fit at all. What about you? Did you do any? I did. Did you have? I didn't have to have braces. Did you? Did you color? Was your uh, retainer colored? No, but it does say my name on it. It's printed on it, which is pretty cool. <laughs> did you have a color one? In case you lose it and someone tries to steal it. <laughs> no, like in case someone else tries to put it in their mouth. No, because that was yeah, the thing. Remember, if you were like at school and you took it out and you put it on your on your lunch tray, ugh. then it would just go away. And you somebody that's actually pretty smart because somebody would say, "Oh, here's Nikki's retainer." Oh, that is a good idea. Yeah, and possibly return it now. I don't know that anybody would do that nowadays, but you know, back in the '90s, people would return things. <laughs> back when things meant something, they'd return your retainer. <laughs> yeah, my I had a retainer. Mine was purple. Um, I don't think I picked that color though. Because yeah. I hate purple. Wait, so you, you didn't have braces, but you had a retainer? I'm not familiar with that process. Uh, like, I thought you went braces to retainer. No, because I didn't have, my teeth weren't that jacked up. So I just They had, wanted to I, keep them that way. Correct. But it's interesting. I, I, you know, as an actor, as a young actor, you rarely see, um, well, I'm going to back this up. Back in the 80s and 90s, you rarely saw uh, 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 child actors with teeth missing if you ever noticed. And what we would do is we would wear these things called flippers and they were basically fake teeth because you'd never saw a commercial with a child with, with, you know, holes in their mouth. Yeah. Right. It was always like a perfect smile. Well, if you have a seven and eight year old, you're, you're, you're missing teeth. Um, we would back then they wanted everything to look perfect. So you would wear these things called flippers and, and that would mask. Um, there was a doctor, uh, I think his name was Dr. Smith. I don't know that that's coming back to me. And he was very, very, uh, widely used here in Los Angeles. And he would have pictures all over his walls with all these other child actors, Soleil Moon Fry. Um, and, and, uh, I don't know why her name just popped in my head, but name names who had the worst teeth. No, <laughs> I don't want to throw anybody <laughs> on the bus, but she actually had good teeth. Um, but yeah, we would, we would wear these things to, to, to mask the fact that, it, that we were losing teeth. Um, but yeah, I didn't wear braces. So I was, I was one of well, the, probably were they trying to make you guys look perfect or was it probably more for consistency? Like, um, I'm going with back then they wanted you to look perfect, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because this is for a commercial, right? So yeah. um, they just wanted everything to look 
just right. And yeah, and, these uh, they didn't want these children to look like meth addicts. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or or, or they, they didn't want anything to look real. Yeah, you know, it was just this fantasy of look at this perfect family and and look how they love our product. And this product can't hurt you. It's baby powder. Put it all over your body. Oh, and then yeah. years later, we realize, you know, that baby powder is not good to put on your nuts. <laughs> to be clear, though, everything we sell on this podcast is good, and we like it, and is good for you, and will not hurt you. So <laughs> just to just to be clear about that part. Yes. And we're in science class, and there's just like beakers of bubbling color liquid. Uh, <laughs> not a thing I ever encountered in my no. own personal dealings in science class. There's a guy in the background with an awesome mullet. I just have to give a shout out to that guy. Oh, wow, yeah. But he's in some oh of the God. other scenes. I mean, that is straight up awesomeness right there. I can't believe those just walked amongst us and like no one was like, look at that. Like they were just around and no one cared. I think we took enough pictures where we can still memorialize it. But it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those things that they just, they did. They walked amongst us. What was the like, whole saying? Party... The, yeah, the, uh, uh, business, in, business the in the front, front party, party in, the back. in the back. Yeah, and uh, I just think it's funny, like you guys weren't whispering on set that day, like, look at that extra with that weird haircut. It was just like a normal haircut. It's so absurd. So many things you see, so many outfits and hair choices that you just can't imagine you wouldn't get ridiculed walking on set like that, but it was just the, it was just the way it was. We learned last week that the twins had to bring their own matching wardrobe to set. So I would imagine mullet dude brought this hairstyle. He just showed up like that and they were like, all right, yeah, you're right behind Screech. <laughs> so in this particular scene, uh, we get a, a a return of Mark Diamond, Dustin Diamond's dad. He plays the chemistry teacher in this, uh, in this particular oh, fun. scene. fun, yeah. Mr. He- Bennett. Yeah, he's very intimidating. You guys immediately get back to work. I, I feel like he strikes fear in your bones. Like, just by saying, like, I think he says something rather innocuous, and you guys are all like, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> like, and the funny thing is, Dustin Diamond's dad, unlike my father and Mario's father, was the least intimidating guy you could meet. He was just a big teddy bear. Um, he, he, he was like probably the introduction for me into video games. Um, Dustin and him would play video games and they would have a, a, a setup in the dressing room. And between you know school and, and work, I would go play video games with Dustin and, and Mark Diamond. That's so cool. Do you remember any ones you would play in particular? I'm guessing it was Nintendo if it No, you know what? They had that other system that was like the closest thing to a uh uh like an arcade um cabinet thing. What was that? Do you do you remember Dash? It was like not NOS or it, it was Neo like, Geo? Neo Geo. Oh. That's right. They had like the 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 badass system. I mean, it was it was nothing like I'd ever seen before with a big joystick, and we had many hours were wasted playing Neo Geo. <laughs> I should have gotten in this acting thing. It sounds pretty good. So Screech names his his zit Murray. Um, not really sure who Murray was or why why he would name it Murray. <laughs> it's funny because it's like an old man's name. I thought that's what's kind of funny. He's like his this new young thing has a an old man on his face. 
And I thought what a great way to embrace the, the, the bad things in life is to just give it a name. It's something. And I just love how his acceptance of this thing that everyone else is horrified to get and his excitement around it. I think that was very refreshing and a nice take on it for someone who might be watching it going through the same thing. And then later on, we see Kelly like want to kill herself over it. So <laughs> you, you get the other side of things. But at first I'm like, oh, it's so cute that he's excited about a zit. Do you, do you remember yeah. your first zit? Oh, I'm not my first, but I remember, I mean, I remember all of them. I mean, it's one of the worst <laughs> things. I mean, I was Crater Face, what's his name? Crater Face Coburn. Coburn, yeah. Oh man, I mean, I, I really, acne is, um, is, is terrible and, and made me feel so awful for so many years. I ended up getting on Accutane, which was the thing that everyone got on that, you know, would just dry you out and people still do it and it completely dries you out. And then you never get a zit again, but you have to go through this period of extreme drought on your face. And I remember, you know, you'd have to walk around with Aquaphor and put it on everywhere. Cause you would just be, you would get that rash that they later on get in the episode. Like your face would be so dry. And I remember one time I was on Accutane and I was like talking to a boy in high school that I liked so much and if you smile too much, your face would like crack. Like my, your lips would get so dry. And I remember this kid that I really liked. I liked him so much. I started, I laughed at something he said and I like almost bent down in laughter. And when I bent back up, there was a trickle of blood running down my cheek, like a, a Halloween witch. And everyone was just like, are you just like bleeding from your face? And it was just, it was, it was like, this is worse than having acne. So then I quit the Accutane and then the acne kept on going. And it was just a, a nightmare until I discovered birth control. And I'm like, oh, all you had to do is take this and it goes away. What? All right. So, I mean, did you guys suffer with acne? Uh, like some, for sure. I mean, I definitely, definitely like had blemishes and then have like vivid memories of like, well, if you just leave it alone, it'll get better. And then not leaving it alone at all. And it gets like oh, yeah. so much worse. just like like picking it. Yeah, like 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 you're in like a actual horror film of your own design. <laughs> Vivid yes. memories of that. Yes. yes. And uh Mark Paul, you said that you you suffered with it on camera. Yeah, no, I, I think I had acne all the way until my thirties. Yeah. Um I remember I remember in 2008, uh, I was still dealing with like something going on on my forehead with like these little bumps and things like that. Um, but yeah, I've always struggled with like, you know, having something on my face, not having a clear face and having to cover it up. And, you know, you're going to do some uh, red carpet event and having to borrow my wife's makeup or something to, you know, get rid of some spots. Um, I, I, I never named my, my, my big sis. Or, yeah. or did you, did you have names for anything? No, but I think that would have been, that would have taken some of the power uh, away from it. And like, <laughs> like, uh, I, for example, I had, um, a, I came across a spider in my bathroom, um, a couple weeks ago, a big ass spider, like, uh, you know, the size of a, a silver dollar. And I'm usually like terrified of spiders. And I was like, Oh, how am I going to get this thing out? And instead I just named it. I was like, Hey Trevor. And I just like, I don't know. I just let it stay there. And then it became like a thing that I saw every time I went to my bathroom and I didn't even, it didn't even bother me. I was like, I have a pet spider now and his name is Trevor. And I like felt a bond with him. And instead of crawling behind my toothbrush holder, like he normally would, every time I turned on the light in the bathroom, he would just hang out and we would kind of make eye contact me with his like 18 eyes. 
And I don't know, like <laughs> I felt like a bond with a spider. It was really weird. And then, um, and I just by naming him and it might've been a girl, like, I don't know, but his name was Trevor. And I'd be like, what up Trev? And I would just like pee and like talk to Trevor. And then I would turn off the light, go back to bed. And then one day, um, about a week ago, he just like, he disappeared and he just left behind a web. And I left the web up to be like, if he ever comes back. But I felt truly abandoned by this spider that normally I would have killed because I'm terrified of spiders. But I was like, oh, I think this is the trick. You name them and then you love them and then they leave you. So the next time I get a zit, it's going to be Murray too. You know, what I never realized is that they have some really good weed in Missouri. <laughs> 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 I've actually I've actually heard if you're in a position where you're about to be murdered, which just bookmark this in case it's ever going to happen. Okay. You should immediately tell them your name because it immediately creates like that level of connection with the other person. You're supposed to like tell them not just your name, but like I'm from this place. I have this many siblings or kids or like you're supposed yeah. to like ra rapidly try to develop a connection. So you did that with this like the spider couldn't do that. You did that with your spider with Trevor. Name your fears. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. I think this is a lesson. And and when I heard the Murray thing, I was like, that is exactly like me and Trevor. And I, I just, I so now the next time I get something going, I can't wait. I can't wait to name my next zit. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, uh, on that note, Screech's um, hastily prepared thing blows up in his face. Um, and we're at the max. And we get that side of Kelly being before her zit, just like, truly insecure um, about her chances of being homecoming queen. Nikki, were you homecoming queen? Listen, um, no, I got, I think I got runner up for prom queen. And that's just because I had some people on the inside that like told me that I was, but I'll never know for sure. Um, but no, I wasn't like, I wasn't popular. I was, I think it was by the time we got to prom, everyone had already been like, uh, you know, named queen of different dances. So by the time you get to prom, it's like all the leftovers. And then I got second place. So it didn't, it wasn't really anything that impressive, but um, no, I was, wh what about you? No, I never went to school. So I, I, I couldn't be <laughs> prom king or, or uh, homecoming king. But did you have aspirations to become homecoming? No, I don't. I think that I, it would never even occur to me that that could be something that I could be because I was just not the popular girl and and I didn't run with the popular girls. And so I just felt like that's for them. That's never going to be for me. Even though I ended up being on prom court, it was not like a, a goal of mine because it also doesn't really mean anything. And I think that uh, I, I kind of saw through it, although I would have, I will say that before I went to high school, because of Say by the Bell, I planned on being Kelly Kapowski. Like it was my goal to wear crop tops every day and like tiny sh sh like skirts and have big hair. And um, and I just, but I just remember being like, ugh, high school's coming up. I got to get ready for crop tops. And then you don't wear nary a crop top all of high school. <laughs> but I really, I thought I was, I thought, I thought I was going to be like her. But I think Kelly was a great popular girl. To, to have as like an example of what one should do with that kind of uh, clout in, in school. She was very nice. And, um, and I don't think they always are that way. Yeah. We find out that she's one of seven in I know, her family. I couldn't believe that. I was like, that's a lot. And she got her own room. That's a big ass house. It is a big ass house, but I'll <laughs> tell you what, looking at this episode, I've, I think I remembered that room is actually Jesse's room. 
And it's actually uh, Lisa Turtle's room. They would just change the decor. But the bones of it oh. are, are all the same. If you think of the door where, where Jesse has oh. the jeans hanging up and where Lisa Turtle's father walked in, it's the same room. Oh, it is. And I was, you know, if you look at Kelly's room in this, all the posters, she has so many interests. I mean, she's all over the place. She likes basketball. She likes Tony Hawk. She likes George Michael. She, I was like jealous of how uh, multifaceted this woman was in, in high school. Yeah, just like a poster in support of tennis. Like yeah. not any player in particular, not a match that happened, just just a fan of tennis and willing to, to cover a wall with that information. Yeah. And while we're at the max, we meet Kelly's competition, uh, two two young ladies named Susie and Muffin. Uh, yep. Muffin, I imagine, to be her her legal name. Yep, Muffin. That was a choice for sure. We will later find out her full name is Muffin, Muffin Sangria, Sangria. <laughs> which is just that was that was a real moment. I'm sure in the writers' room of like lunch was there, time to wrap it up, and someone said it, and they were like, "That's pretty. It's not going to get any better." <laughs> Yeah, we never see those. I don't know. Do we see Muffin and uh, what's the other one again ever? I'm not sure, but I'm positive if we do see them in the background, no one's ever like, hey, Muffin, do you have the math homework? Or like, right, we right. never hear Muffin again, certainly, in the in the run of the series. <laughs> I love that in um, Zach Morris's trash, you say in that scene that Zach thinks his, his back is a soundproof booth. <laughs> <laughs> because he's clearly like ogling these girls in front of Kelly who is expressing, you know, how insecure she is. And he's like, you're compared to them. They're compared to you. They're dog chow. And then he turns around and he's like, hubba hubba. And it's just like right there in front of her. I thought that was so funny. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, he does seem to, the, the laws of what the audience can hear and the people in the same room as Zach can hear are fuzzy to say the least. Uh, it's also worth pointing out that perhaps the reason Kelly has a pimple is Slater and Zach each got her one large malted shake, and she <laughs> said she'd drink both of them just to be nice. So that thing where Kelly is a very nice person may have maybe the reason perhaps she's breaking out all over her face. Yes. But do you do you think that that's truly what what happens with acne? Do you think what what what's your theory? Right? I I I don't think it's anything that we eat. I think it's a chemical. Uh, imbalance in, in your body, right? It's our hormones or things like that that are going on. But we were told, don't eat chocolate, mm-hmm. don't eat fast food, um, and and definitely put on things that completely dry out your skin because that won't <laughs> produce more oil for your face to blow up with more zits. I mean, it was like a backwards thing, right? The drier your skin is, the worse it is for, for acne, no? Yep, I, I remember all of those. I mean, yeah, don't eat chocolate, don't eat sweets. When really, it, it is hormonal. There's really nothing you can, it, it truly turns out there's nothing you could do about it. And it just chooses you willy-nilly. Like my sister never had a zit ever. And yet I got cursed with it. And it wasn't because, and, and you, you're made to feel like you're gross. You're making the wrong choices. You're dirty. Like that you're not, you're picking your face. You're touching your face. Like, and it's really, um, it's just random who, who, who gets it. And it, and it sucks, but the, and there's truly like, well, not a lot you can do for it, which is the unfortunate part. And then you put makeup on it as a woman, which makes it even worse. Cause you're like clogging an open wound with like dirt clay and then it comes back. And so there's just, it's, 
But I almost feel worse for men in high school who can't put makeup on it and they just have to have it. Honestly, we don't even notice half the time. We're just we're just cruising on through. Everything's fine. It, you don't have to feel bad for us. We're we're totally fine. I promise. <laughs> I, I I would wear the tinted acne stuff, whatever they had. That it was a little tint. It yeah. would just take away the redness a little bit. So you know, I I, I kind of wore makeup in high school even you when did. I wasn't on set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You because did. I was, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to walk around with with a big shiner on me. I think that's so yeah. smart. I think there's so many guys who are opposed to wearing makeup and makeup works and it makes you, people don't notice it if you wear it the right way. I mean, how many guys think that women, oh, I like this girl. She's never wears makeup. She's, it's, what a natural look. And you come to find out she wears so much makeup because you see your pillowcase <laughs> the next day and it looks like it went through a color run the night before. There's, you know, like, so we're tricking you with our makeup all the time. I, I always encourage men, especially my guy friends. I'm like, can I just put a little bit of concealer? You'll feel confident. You won't feel like you have to like cover up your face because of that zit. Like, I empower men to wear makeup, and I I know that you probably know from working on set, makeup does make you look better as a guy. Like, don't you think? But w- would you be offended? Uh, isn't it a, is it offending if some if a man walks up to you and go and says to you, "Wow, you look so good without makeup on," when you actually are wear, wearing makeup? Um, it it well, it's not offensive. It's just like, oh, I just. I feel um, tired by it because I'm like, you don't know what you're saying. Like, I have so much makeup on. I usually just tell them, like, you, you're wrong. I have so much. And I, like, rub it on them. Like, I'm like, see, do you see this? It's an illusion. And then it gets me sad because then when I'm not wearing makeup, no one, no one really ever says that when I'm not wearing makeup. It's like you just – you look younger without makeup on. I will say that as a woman when you don't wear makeup because kids are the only people not wearing makeup. So when you look – a when you don't wear makeup, you look closer to looking like a kid. Um, and that's, that's all I, but yeah, makeup is, um, it's, it's, a, it's, it does, it works wonders. It's, it's truly an illusion and, um, and you can look way better than, than I, I just know so many men that's, that will do a t- their first TV spot. I work with a lot of comics who will like, don't usually do a lot of TV, but they do one appearance and then they, they get makeup and they, they leave it on the rest of the night. And they like take it out on the town secretly because they're like, <laughs> they have, they have like kind of eyeliner on for the first time. Like guys look good with mascara. They really do. If guys wore it. Um, well, and I think they I'm, should. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I just came from work and I yeah. did not wipe off my makeup because I said to the makeup artist, he said to me, he goes, here's a wipe. You can wipe off your makeup. I go, no, 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 leave it on. Cause I'm doing a zoom with Nikki and Dashiell. I left it Thank on you. guys. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because I wanted to look you know, somewhere near my best. More presentable. Yes. I leave it on. I think guys should try out makeup. Well, I would occasionally do videos at funnier die and I would have the same reaction when I would get the wipe from the makeup chair when it was done. I'd say, you know what? No, I'm, I'm taking this for a test drive. Take it out the on the town. I love that. Yes. Also just worth noting historically, I believe Nixon lost a television debate debate, the first televised debate because he did not have the awareness to wear makeup on camera. Mm. Uh, we can fact check that one. I'm sure I'll get lit up on Twitter. I got all the details wrong, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure about that one. He did not understand that wearing makeup on camera would make you look better, and the American people said, who's that That sweaty weird man on my TV? <laughs> and Screech, uh, back in the halls of Bayside, uh, reveals that Murray's gone. We get another ALF joke from Screech. That's oh, this Screech's second one. ALF joke. I love his delivery on that. Uh, what does he say? Oh yeah, you he found you go, out Alf is a puppet. Yeah, Zach goes. You found out Alf with a, a puppet, and he goes, "He is." 
his he is was so good there he had a a, a couple great lines in this so dashel um since you know the show better than i do uh we eat a weird lunch. sentence but yeah sure <laughs> we eat lunch <laughs> at the max between at during school hours hmm. yeah so i was i i took I take notes on, suffice to say, some peculiar details at this point in my <laughs> Say by the Bell watching. And yeah, so they the timeline as established in this scene is two hours from science explosion to Murray's gone. And yeah, that would seem to imply they leave campus to go to a diner to order food. It, it makes zero sense when you break it on down. Uh, but yeah, that is the world they're setting up in at Bayside. And I'm pretty sure that I had no idea what I was saying when I delivered the line "acne glasnost." I didn't know either. I had to Google that one. I'd, I've never, I'd never heard that before. So I don't know if it was just way over my. Oh, my I didn't even head, catch but. it. So we're basically set, what I'm saying is acne cover up, right? That's that's the gist of that joke. Oh. Yeah, I mean the quote I have here for our listeners, in case you didn't do the homework on your homework. Uh, is from Wikipedia. In the mid-1980s, it was popularized by Gorbachev as a political slogan for increased government transparency in the Soviet Union. And I would imagine it was not that transparent. So yeah, a a cover-up seems to be what what I got from that too. But only after Googling it and reading that quote three times. (laughs) Every once in a while, I feel like the writers forget that we're a Saturday morning show. That's a thing writers will do, is try to be like real smart for no particular reason, it can, boy, oh boy, can that just ruin a joke that never worked in the first place. And have a joke for the parents watching, like a little nugget for them. Yeah, and the good jokes for parents, at least for my money, will also work on the kids. They just like have that parental layer on top of the Mm -hmm. kid-ready joke. And then Craterface Kurt Coburn. (laughs) This character. First of all, Craterface implies, I think, acne scarring. Correct. Right? Like that's right. like that's the crater. So it doesn't make sense that if his zets went away, he would still be crater face because the scars would still be there. So I'm poking holes in crater face cobra in the name. Um, because they're not craters, they're craters after they're gone. But um, this was done really well because clearly this actor had clear skin before this happened, and now he has zit cream all over which hiding the zits that are apparently there. And apologies to anyone suffering from crater face from acne I know. or anything else. <laughs> so cruel. <laughs> and he's crater face is, uh, uh, who's he played by Dashiell? Oh, so glad you asked. He's played by Scott Foltz. This is a one and done appearance from Scott Foltz. He also played a young buddy Holly in an episode of quantum leap. And that's about all I got on Scott Foltz. He's plagiarizing, though, that laugh from Robert Carradine, Revenge of the Nerds. Ah. I'm just, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, his trademark laugh. Yeah, it did feel very much like that Revenge of the Nerds laugh, totally. Also, Jason Bateman gets a shout-out in this episode, and of all the celebrity like name drops in 1989 that are still just fully relevant today, Jason Bateman was on the Emmys last night. Jason Bateman's still a rock-solid celebrity name drop 30 years later. I couldn't believe that. I was really impressed that, because I wouldn't have known who that was when I was watching this back in the day. There's so many jokes that would have gone over my head. The Gorbachev joke, especially in fifth grade when I was watching this, but Jason Bateman, I had no idea who that was. I wasn't watching whatever show he was on. But now I was like, oh my God, Jason, they mentioned Jason Bateman Um, from Arrested Development? They knew? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that would have been my reaction in the mid-90s watching reruns is not understanding who Jason Bateman no. is, but then 
knowing post-arrested development who he is. It's amazing how many things you let slide when you're a kid and you just let dialogue. I mean, I had this all memorized. I know that I had all this dialogue memorized and I, there were so many jokes I didn't understand. And you just, I guess I just didn't ask an adult who might understand. I wasn't curious to figure out what that meant. I just was like, ah, it's just adult stuff that I'm not supposed to know yet. Yeah, you weren't watching with a cell phone in your hand to immediately access any information <laughs> yeah. that was at all confusing in any direction. I don't know uh, about you and, guys, but I had a cell phone. Oh, look at you. Someone, you're right. There was one person involved in the show who had a cell phone in their hand at all times. Uh, and just like that, we're in act two. And it's Kelly's room. And we get that reveal, which Nikki, you uh, alluded to before, that this is just like, while Screech is proudly parading Murray around, Kelly is ready to jump off the tallest building in the Palisades. <laughs> She's hiding in her bathroom. She won't come out. Uh, when really Lisa and, and Jesse could just go in and, and the scene could happen in there, but they have to get her out somehow. Is that her bathroom or is that her closet? Oh. I think in show it's her bathroom the way I, I feel like it was. But also look at those posters. It's like one is just hot air balloons. And I love how they're trying to get her out of a closet and there's a picture of George Michael right there. And they're like, come out of the closet. Come out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> she has multiple skiing posters. I don't know why I'm so, I'm just fascinated. But you're right, it is clearly Jesse's room. But it is funny the way they just decided she's like an, an enthusiast of everything. Every, which she, is really the Kelly Kapowski <laughs> story. And do we have a appearance of another creepy doll? There, There is. Yeah, it was, it was real quick. But there was a very creepy doll hanging out on our windowsill. Did you have creepy dolls growing up? No creepy. I did. I wasn't someone who was like into dolls or stuffed animals or anything really like cuddly. Or I was. I was always jealous of girls who could have a thing that they always needed and would bring them comfort. Um, I wasn't good at keeping diaries. I didn't do anything of the the a typical teenage girl. Did you guys have any kind of like comfort animal or? I mean, I guess you guys didn't have dolls, but you could have. Just like you wear makeup. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I had a like I had like a little blanket that I like to to rub my nose on. Yeah, um, that's sweet. It was called my numma num. Um, <laughs> and uh, I would just uh, rub my nose on it and sniff it. And actually my kids, oddly enough, do the same thing with with certain things of theirs. That's so, it's uh, like a soothing technique. It's, it's yeah, sweet. Yeah, just to rub my nose and make sure that all the germs go directly into my nose. So <laughs> I had yeah, two blankets, Mark Paul. That's very odd. You had a blanket. I also had a blanket and one was blue and one was white. And an early, early memory is one of them, I believe the white one, just flying out a car window on PCH, <gasps> never to be seen from oh. again. And a, and a real quick early lesson as a child that like, sometimes things go away and they're not coming back. <laughs> Everyone in the car just kind of looked at me and was like, yeah, that's a, that's a wrap on, on good old Blanky. <laughs> we're not turning this car around on PCH, and even if we could. Yeah. And just like that, we're in a fuzzy pink fantasy where Kelly can see her her just truest, darkest fears of of Muffin living a happy life, or maybe that's Susie. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, it wasn't really clear which one was. Oh, I guess at the end it is. So yeah, the girls are coming out, and then she comes out, and she has a <laughs> uh, one of those you know clown noses, the ones that celebrities wear now for Red Nose Day in support of like cancer research. But hers is sparkly. I mean, she looks amazing with it. Yeah, it's a really nice clown nose. It's like the f- finest they had, certainly. Yeah, and and the guys are just disgusted by her. Oh no, she's she could never be loved with that thing on her nose. But then we learn the reason why she wants to become homecoming queen is because her mother 
was a homecoming queen and has a crown of her mother and has she said she just wants to be she wants she just wants to make her mother proud that's i i felt a bit of sadness for for kelly at that moment i did too it was it yeah, yeah it gave us a little history there of, of of where this all comes from and where her insecurities stem from and then they then they go if you keep playing it, she goes, look, this is my mom's homecoming queen crown. I want her to, I want to make a crown. They go, you don't need a contest for that. And she goes, yeah, maybe not. Like all of a sudden it goes away. She's like, fine. My mom does love me, but I still want it. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, we, we learn a lot about Kelly, then we unlearn it. And then we learn something new, which is that she has six other siblings. That's so and as you pointed, funny. but still has her, her own room. Uh, and that's a fun little joke. Just no one will notice it. And then boom, next scene, Screech talking to her about zits right away. Yes. Now, when I watched your um, synopsis of this with Zach Morris's trash, you seem to to insinuate that Zach and Screech or Screech used the knowledge of her zit against her, knowing that she had that. Did he get, do you think he that was malicious or do you think you actually noticed the zit? Because- I don't think there is a zit. I don't even think makeup, the makeup department even faked one for that scene. Yeah, no, I would say that was a liberty with the yeah. truth I probably <laughs> yes. took. If I had okay. to ballpark it, that was a, that was one of those massaging the details for sure, comedic Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so I'm selling zit off for $15. <laughs> uh, right, which in today's money from 1989 would be $31 according to the, the first money calculator I could find. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, no problem. Well, this is the Palisades, so it's a bunch of rich kids. We've established that, no? Yeah, but I just want to point out, like, Zach, Zach's turnaround time on this thing is phenomenal because he got the briefcase and the poster and even a hat. It's like he really went all out. He was able to package and, like, put the, the concoction inside the package. I'm like, how did he do any of this? It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty incredible. And... It, it it's it sells like crazy. Everyone buys Crater it. Face. Yeah, oh. once Crater Face emerges with his name that now you pointed out makes absolutely no sense because no. it wouldn't fix the craters. No, it wouldn't. He'd still have the craters, but his skin is clear as day. And and Slater says, no, this is clearly an imposter. Right. <laughs> to which Crater Face says no. Or Zach says no. Give him what the, give him your signature laugh. And then he laughs and they all go, Oh my god, that is him. Yeah, everyone goes absolutely nuts for this, this <laughs> tube of cream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, just money in the air. Uh, and he, I guess he's making lots of change in the, or everyone has exact change because $15 isn't easy to like really. That's a good point. Yeah. You would not carry $15. You would <laughs> yeah. probably have a 20. That's a, yeah. And all of the cream is still there. None of it went away. It's all still in the briefcase. Not nary a bottle that I saw was, was sold. I'm losing count already. I think this is the, what, the second hallway money-making operation Belding's busted, uh, Mark Paul, since we got started doing this podcast. I've lost count, Dashiell. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> the, clothing, the clothing auction, I believe. And oh, it's also, the, we're the eight, ep- eight episodes in, but yeah, I think this is Belding's like second hallway bust. Right. Sorry, I'm just looking at my hair and how my bangs are just peeking out from underneath that hat. I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm floored that they let me out of the makeup chair like that. <laughs> I'm just wondering, was that my choice or their choice? Actually, I do remember the process that I used to do to get my hair to get that sort of wave up front. I would wear this visor and it was like a, a, a plastic visor that didn't connect in the back. 
And I would wear that in the morning after I took a shower and I would put it up onto my hairline and allow the front of my hair to kind of fall over it. And then I would spray that. And then I would drive, my parents would drive me. And I remember I would crack the car window open a little bit and let it just like kind of blow. And the, the indentation that the visor would make on my hairline would kind of create this like wave going on. And I, I, there are pictures online of me that I have seen where I'm wearing a visor uh, indoors, obviously. And that was my mechanism to get my hair to look the way it did sometimes. My gosh, you engineered that look. That's actually brilliant. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I have done my hair uh, uh, in, in pretty much everything that I've ever worked in, except for um, my last season that I was on Mixedish. When I, when I had this like longish hair, I allowed the, uh, the, the hairstylist to do that. But every other um, show that I've been a part of, I have been the one to do my hair. Why is that? Why? Um, but you know, it's, I, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, I just have a thing about my hair. I'm never quite happy. We go back to the, you know, never quite happy with the way you look kind of thing. And there's, my hair is like such a, a, a thing, uh, with me. Um, you know, it's like, I, I, I think we all do this, but we all look at it and we, we see something that someone else can't. And that's how I feel about my hair. It's a lot of times why I will wear a baseball cap because I just can't get my hair right. And I, I don't like the way it looks and it, Probably looks the same as it did yesterday, but I put a hat on to, to uh, you know, kind of cover up whatever, whatever I'm not, I, I, whatever I don't like seeing. Yeah, I get that. Um, that's fascinating, though, that you were the 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 mastermind behind that. So I'm wondering if the moose joke, if you came up with their style and they wrote the joke around your style, the style that you came up with. Yeah, I would say that the writers were trying to hurt me. And it worked, guys. Now, I remember every single one of you. I bet I bet there were some jokes that were made that were pretty like painful at your expense or at the other expenses of the other actors. Did you ever do you remember ever feeling that way? Like, ouch, okay. Um, I'm sure we'll get to those episodes. Uh yeah. and I, I will definitely point them out. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but sure. uh, I, I'm sure that the the writers um you know, they, de- they definitely wrote to our strengths and they, they, I'm sure they'll write to some of our weaknesses. I, I do think they protect us in the, in the most part, but I, I, that it's funny that joke about the, the three moose, I'm wondering what came first, the hairstyle or the joke. And I, I think it know. was the hairstyle because in the previous episode, it was starting to get that little bit of, um, you know, kind of looks like a, a rose, uh, starting to bloom, <laughs> uh, on my forehead. But, um, uh, yeah, my hair about- was always a thing. Always. I, I mean, I would change it based on what I saw in school and what was hot. And, and um, you know, uh, at the time, and we'll get to this later on when I think when I'm 16, 17, but the vanilla ice where it was long on top and then yeah. really shaved on the sides. And I think Zach Morris had that hair for a little bit because I was a fan of uh, Robert Van Winkle. Now, did, what about your wardrobe? Would they give you options and you would get to choose or would you kind of like, uh, I'll, t- I'll do whatever with that? Were you a little more choosy with that? No, I, even to this day, um, I'll go in for wardrobe fittings and I'll just say, you know, put me in whatever. I'm fine yeah. with what, whatever you put Interesting. me in. Um, no, the, 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 the wardrobe was definitely, and I'm not that way with makeup either. I, I never, I never really tell the makeup artist or, or, uh, you know, that I, oh, I think I need a little bit more powder. Or, you know, could you, could you darken this up or lighten this up? I, I really don't care how my face looks. It's all about the hair. Yeah. And 
back in Belding's office, he's he's convinced too. Craterface is just like walking proof that this stuff is legit. I tell you that um, that made me laugh. The chuckle, Charlie. Oh, I missed that line. Belding doesn't believe that that's uh, uh, Craterface Coburn, and uh, to convince him, I say, "Chuckle, Charlie," and he gives his <laughs> uh, he gives his laugh. I just love that. Uh, that moniker. That's a, good, that's a good trucker name when I'm on the road in my RV. <laughs> Chuckle Charlie. Oh, when you're in your RV, you're going to be like, this is <laughs> this is Chuckle Charlie coming in, <laughs> coming in hot. <laughs> I love that uh, he's, uh, how uh, Mr. Belding gets so excited about Beldasil. If we named it that, like, Zach really had a way of, of just feeding his ego in a way that would, that would make him trip out and kind of look into the distance and say, oh, yeah, it could be called Beldasil, this thing I had nothing to do with. And Dashiell, that's almost like the first time that we use a chime to to create an emphasis on on something, right? Mm. Yeah, so last week with the uh, that substitute Tony Crane, uh, we got like a cartoon ding when he smiled kind of thing. Like he smiled and it would like pop. Uh, and yeah, then we get Zach kind of um, creating sound effects in the air for Belding to see and experience. Again, uh, just fun sort of cartoony, real-life blending stuff here going on. And Belding just cannot help himself. He's just got to rub that stuff all over his face. Yeah, as soon as Zach leaves, he's he's dabbing it on. And that's a lesson that, as adults, you'll deal with blemishes, too. Yeah. You know? This, th- there was a lot going on here for kids if you were trying to wrap your head around, like, acne. <laughs> You're like, wait, Mr. Belding is acting? <laughs> so then we're in the Bayside hallway and... Kelly needs to buy some zit off for a friend. friend. And she says she'll pay any price. Anything. Yeah. 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 And that's where we get Zach looking to the camera. This is the stuff dreams are made of. Winks to the camera. And yeah, she's buying it for a friend. Zach does it. Zach knows that it's for her. Even though she clearly she has nothing on her face. I'm I'm surprised they didn't even just put a little dot on her nose just to give us something. We had uh Non noted non celebrity Brecken Meyer on a couple weeks ago, and there seemed to be some talk around like the leads not wanting stuff on their faces unnecessarily. So mm-hmm. maybe they were going to, and Tiffany was like, No, yeah. they're like, Okay, I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> this scene works fine, even without some stuff on your face. Yeah, and then Screech comes in with his face being the school colors maroon, mm-hmm. and I think he's about to break character right yeah, there. Yeah, the the, the, the the corners of his mouth, for sure, yeah. <laughs> also, the raspberry pizza, like, wouldn't a pepperoni pizza have the same, like, I was so confused by that joke. <laughs> I thought, but I go, actually, yeah, it does look like a raspberry pizza, if that was a thing. If, if that was a thing, right. <laughs> so, uh, Nikki, as a professional comedian, do you, how funny does Saved by the Bell feel to you now? Um, You know... There are moments I look back and I go, what was I cracking up as a kid? And I was, I, I definitely was. I thought this was the funniest show. And there's a lot of stuff that is not, doesn't hit me in that way anymore. Cause this is obviously a show for kids, but the, I will keep coming back to the fact that you all were fantastic comedic actors and so these lines were, I learned a lot in that way and I still can appreciate the delivery of lines and the timing you guys had and the expressions. And uh, so I think more than anything, it was a really impressive. um, That's why the show worked so much was that you guys were all so good at at comedic acting, which is, you know, not easy. 
not easy at any age, especially being kids. Oh, no. yeah. And especially delivering jokes that you guys didn't even know the meaning of a lot of times. <laughs> and still don't sometimes. Yeah. And it's act three, and Zach has just thrown Screech in the mascot costume. I guess no one needed it that afternoon. <laughs> also, if you'll notice in the background, everyone is in acid acid wash denim. Like, it's like a whole crew, just like. Yep. Even on the steps background, every single place you can look. I also want to point out that there's Yuri Henley delivering a line, so he got paid extra that day. When these two extras came in and had these two lines, I was like, oh my God, that was like such an exciting day for them. And then they run off a little bit too quickly and they're like, we nailed it. Yes. I could just see them rounding the corner being like, we did it. That's so true. <laughs> it would be so exciting. And then, yeah, Zach slaps Screech. A little aggressive with little the, aggressive. Uh, the slap. But we would do that. We would always try to hurt each other on the set because, <laughs> you know, we were boys. Yes. So I'm sure that I was, I was really trying to see how much pain he could tolerate. <laughs> He also has like basically a helmet on. Like it's like he's gonna be fine. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty impressed. He he walks off legitimately without being able to see in front of him. So, uh, kudos to to Dustin for making it off the set without bumping into the camera. <laughs> and Kelly comes back. And to Nikki's point earlier, the the cream worked. But how would you ever know because her face is exactly the same. Right. Which is to say blemish free. And you know what? Maybe this is just saying like all of these insecurities are all in our head and maybe no one can see the things that we see about ourselves that are so terrible. So maybe that's the point of never being able to see Kelly's blemish. It was all in her head to begin with. Wow. I'm going to go that's, with that. That's pretty profound. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's definitely better than I think the reality, which is they were sure. like, that's eh, fine. <laughs> But now we're in Zach's bedroom and Screech is cured once he takes off the tiger mask. Yeah, the tension of Screech having a maroon face didn't really hold too long. I mean, it you know, good to know these he didn't permanently scar everyone at Bayside. So then the next scene is in Kelly's bedroom and I I come I knock on her door and she says, Zach, what are you doing here? I always find that odd that we didn't like when isn't the process where, and I never used to do this because I didn't have any girlfriends in high school, but you would knock on a door and then the parent would come to the door and then they would say, oh, you're here to see Kelly. Let me go get her and alert her that you're here. Isn't right. that usually the normal, the standard procedure? Yes. Not just saying, oh, you know what? Oh, you're here to see Kelly go up to her room, but, but step over the other six siblings to get to her room. Um, don't mind them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're in like these little pop-up tents in the hallway, but I think you're <laughs> it's like right. And I, inside that house. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why like Clarissa explains it all that kind of, they eliminated that, um, that problem because uh, Sam would always come to her window. And then later on, I think Zach came through the window sometimes. So you would, you wouldn't, you would bypass the parents, but yeah, he would just show up. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, wait, can we, you didn't have girlfriends in high school. Um, not really. I, I, I didn't, um, I didn't date all that much. Mm. Um, I, uh, yeah, no, cause I wasn't really a kid in high school. Yeah. I was, like I, I just wasn't there and, and no one was really a fan of the show and no one really cared that no I was, cared. I was an actor. No, because you know, being, being in the industry, 
it wasn't, we didn't understand what that meant. Nowadays, everyone knows like being in the industry, you, you equate that with fame and attention and things. But um, honestly, more people were, I think, more impressed by, you know, the jocks and, and, and people that were, that were popular in school. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that didn't carry any weight when I, when I went back to school that, you know, that people uh, in, in Ohio were watching my show and secretly yeah. wanted to be me. Yeah, it's it's that's fascinating. So it yeah, would so people in your high school weren't watching Say by the Bell at this time? Not really. I think if they, it was one of those things. Like I I probably would have gotten my ass kicked. I think if if they knew that I was an actor or uh, you know on 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 television, it was kind of like, oh, you're one of the you're you're you're, you're, you wear makeup, (laughs) right? I would have had to run for my life. Oh my God, that's so fascinating! All yeah, right, no, I I didn't know yeah. I didn't know the level of popularity until much later on, and the show once it was syndicated in 1996, then it gained mm-hmm. a lot more popularity. Um, but again, we didn't have social media, we didn't have I didn't I didn't I didn't know who was watching this show, and I assume no one was watching this show. Um, yeah, because you just didn't have a barometer to to. To check, because uh, you're in the bubble of Hollywood where everyone's kind of in it, and no one really thinks anyone's that special that's doing it. Sure, but Nikki, also this was—I I didn't feel like I was in the bubble of Hollywood because this was a Saturday morning show. Mm. Uh, it wasn't—it wasn't a primetime show. Um, you know, we weren't being invited to the Emmys. We weren't being invited to parties and and industry parties. It was like we we were sort of on the on the on the sidelines, on the outskirts. Um, so okay. it never felt like we were we were a part of that party. Wow. So when was your first girlfriend? Oh gosh, I'd have to remember. I mean, I I did date someone in high school, but it was never. I don't think we ever kissed. Um, it was kind of awkward. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't really remember. I mean, I got I got married um, at a very young age too, mm-hmm. and I think that that was one of the reasons why. Is I was just so. Um, I was so surprised that I actually found someone, found someone. Um, but my, my ex-wife and I met, we, we met when I was 19. She actually was on a episode of, um, the college years and, uh, yeah, we, we, and I was married by 22. So I didn't have, I, I, I was nothing like Zach Morris. Again, that, that was a character that, um, I created watching popular kids in my high school. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't really have too many, too many girls. Uh, uh, that was that was more Mario. Mario is uh, Mario. Mario had a stable of women. Well, you you played it so well. I mean, it just came so naturally. It seemed to come naturally to you. But it's it really is fascinating that that wasn't the life you were were leading. And it's um, I I relate to it a lot. Like I I'm someone who gets on stage and talks a lot about sex and a lot about dating and, and seems to have had so much experience with it. But I too, in high school did not have any boyfriends. I didn't kiss a boy until I was 18. I didn't have sex until I was 21. I didn't have a boyfriend until I was 24. So I, it's, it's interesting for me to, to project all of these things onto you that did not happen. And, and it quite, that happens to me a lot too. So it's just, um, I, I, I appreciate that about you because you, 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 you fooled me. Well, I'm an actor. That's that's my job. Yeah, good job. <laughs> I would I would imagine though. I would imagine though. It's got to be hard to date a, a a comedian like yourself because do you do you? I mean, when I watch your specials, are you talking about your past experiences? 
Yeah, I mean that that is a thing. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am. I you know I don't have many of them, but the ones that I do have, I tend to really talk about at at length and and really get into detail. And so it's I've I've the guys that I have dated have been very cool about it, and they don't mind it, and um, I'm so appreciative of that. But it's it's. I just got lucky and and now I'm realizing now that I'm single it's like it's very hard to find someone given what people know about me and and anyone who's like interested in dating me goes back and looks at my work and is like well I don't want her talking about our sex life that openly and um and I understand now now that's what I I I tell myself when I get rejected is like oh they're scared about me talking about them on a special it's not because I'm you know unlovable uh, but it is, it's very intimidating to date someone like me. And I'm just now realizing that. And that's now, uh, that's now why I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta try something else because this, I, I would like to have a relationship that doesn't, um, I would like to have a relationship someday and, and not scare off people by being like, I just say everything on stage. And if you want to date me, sorry, gonna have to deal with it. I don't think that's like very fair, but it's, it's hard because that's kind of the career I've built for myself. So just to be clear, you're, you're not unlovable. And also people don't want to date you because your vagina looks like an accordion. <laughs> also, you've established a world where anyone who doesn't want to date you still has the time to watch all of your work. <laughs> yes. They've still had enough, enough runway room to That's watch true. everything. They've enjoyed it. Oh man. When I, yeah, I don't want anyone to like, I'd rather people not watch that stuff because I just feel like, you know, if, if, if people if if you were when you were single and people just only knew Zach Morris about you, not that I'm I am playing a, a sort of character on stage, and when they expect that out of me, the person I am on stage, like on a date, I'm not going to deliver in that way, and I'm certainly not going to deliver in the bedroom that way. I mean, I'm honest on stage, but it's I'm not like some uh, sexual dynamo that some people think I am. I'm actually very shy. Uh, uh, off stage. And it's, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to, to figure out what to do with all of that because I, I think that I've, I put so much into my career and haven't put a lot into the, the other stuff. And now I'm, I'm reassessing everything. Oh, this turn, this podcast is turning into something else right now. <laughs> I think it's just no, very, it's, it's, sim- <laughs> I think it's very yeah. simple though. I mean, if you're dating Nikki, just don't break up with her. Simple. <laughs> right. It's like, a. it's like, La Cosa Nostra. It's like, once you're in, this is for life. <laughs> uh, got it. Um, and we get Zach uh, confessing in Kelly's room. He's wearing his, um, you know, you want to wear some somber neon stripes when it's time to break some hard news. <laughs> and uh, this is like a rare, as Kelly's surrounded by literally her, like we're number one foam finger for zero sports team and a million sports <laughs> items. Uh, like tennis ball, soccer, everything. She loves it. She's yeah. like really angry and um, yeah, she is. kind of a rare, kind of a rare Kelly like display of anger um, just in series. You don't really see that that much from her. Yeah, she she's upset. And then, yeah, Zach gets mad at her. Oh, this is where he calls her stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And she stands up for herself. I like it. She cancels their date. Yeah, she like almost curses him out, but yeah. it's still very wholesome about it. Just like you're you're a bad man. Yeah. <laughs> like she really is the most wholesome person. Oh, and this I liked this. All, lately all you care about is your looks, he says. Yeah, he's calling out like the thing from the Max earlier. He is like kind of, you know, holding up that mirror, but Yeah, she I was like trying that. to be homecoming queen. Yeah. And and he and he tells her, like, you're the most beautiful girl in school. There's nothing to worry about. And all you care about is your looks. I just I kind of loved that moment. I thought it got pretty real. 
and she wants him out of her life. Then he comes back. Are we still on? She's like, out. Yes, as men will do. Yep. You do get Zach coming clean about his feelings for Kelly when it is kind of like a sweet little reveal in their like heated exchange that he really does think she is just the prettiest. I know. I thought that was so sweet. <laughs> so I'm confused because I didn't go to um, normal school, but is this where they usually make the announcement for Homecoming Queen at some diner or is this done at school? Like what? what's the process here? <laughs> the, the way they use the Max is perplexing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is like... Just the more I understand about schools and campuses and also private businesses, it is uh, it is truly bizarre how they utilize this restaurant. <laughs> so Slater gives a pep talk, and I can swear that he looks right at, into the camera after giving that pep talk. <laughs> that, let's, let's go to tape. That <laughs> is my thunder. I just want to point out. Watch. Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah. He definitely Whoa. does. He delivers wow. like a, a valley-esque, uh, a nod to the valley cheer. Right. Looking right into the camera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't accept that. <laughs> you you notice the most specific thing. Like in in watching this show with you, Mark Paul, it's, it's remarkable. Like the, the tiniest things you pick up on, I, I just would have never seen in a million years. Because Dashiell, it's all about me. <laughs> right. Correct. And we're getting the news that Muffin Sangria, who is the Muffin Sangria, who is the brunette, mm. didn't see that one coming. Mu- sound like a blonde name. How dare you? I don't know. It's, it's fun. And Susie is runner up. So it didn't matter that Kelly's face was maroon. They think she painted it for school spirit. Oh, is that what's happening? Like, can you talk through the logic a little bit? Because it, it seems... If I understand that, like, two things happened with this plan, half or more of the student body already must have had maroon faces, and then also Zach painted the rest maroon. I'm like, it's, does do either of you understand? Because I was confused. I think that Kelly had already earlier in the day revealed her maroon face. Everyone was on board with it, still voted for her. She still won. It didn't affect anything. Then... But is everyone else's face maroon because they bought the cream and they're also having maroon faces because they all bought the cream? Or did they paint it? So what I think is that half the school had their face uh, chemically altered to the maroon color from the zit-off. And then Zach um, gave paint for the other half to make it look like it's school spirit. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. So, right. So Kelly wins because she's... A, she's beautiful, and B, she has the school spirit all over her face. Yes. That makes sense. We, we don't see where she makes this um, the, this shift where she suddenly accepts herself, though, and is like, I- I'm okay with this. She goes from being very angry with Zach, and then suddenly she's like, okay with it. No, but Nikki, that's because we need her insecure for future episodes. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, she yeah, can't. Yeah, no one coffee. ever makes like no one makes real meaningful progress or growth <laughs> on themselves ever at Bayside. <laughs> it just it's just not what they do. Uh, and then we realize uh, that Mario has many more talents. He's now uh, a beatboxer. Um, this kid, I swear, he has muscles. He plays the drums. He's a dancer. Now he's a beatboxer. Yeah, they really do showcase a lot of Mario's talents. And then you get this dancing. Like, what's that move that they're all doing? Uh, yeah, um, 
I do want to say, though, that when he started, if you go back and listen, when he starts beatboxing, it gets a laugh from the audience. People kind of think it's a joke at first. Even and I had to go back and listen and go, is that do they think this is hilarious that he's beatboxing, or are we all supposed to be like, that's cool? Like, what was the vibe, do you think? Like, this is cool he's doing this, or this is ridiculous? Because it literally gets a laugh from the audience of like, is this happening right now? I don't yeah, it does get a laugh. But I was I, I think this was around the time I was a huge fan of the Fat Boys. Mm-hmm. And the Fat Boys did a lot of like beatboxing and that that thing where somebody actually does it right after um uh, Slater beatboxes. They do this like oh, 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 that thing. Yeah, yeah. And that, that like, thing. I, yeah, that thing. I, I can't believe I actually pulled that off, or did I? <laughs> um, but uh, I, I don't know if it was Ed Alonzo that does that, or if it was Dustin Diamond that did that. But somebody does that in the background. Um, so I think I think when he starts beatboxing, it's like yeah, people are getting into it. It might yeah, get a bit cool. of a laugh. But I think back then, yeah, this was pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Also, what it's it's 1989, so like. MTV is now just barely playing hip hop videos. It's like the the tides are turning a little bit of like what is hip hop and pop culture. So maybe <laughs> someone starts beatboxing, you like don't know. <laughs> like there's some real confusion about what am what's my reaction supposed to be. But then everyone embraces it and they get out and dance. Yeah. And then and then the whole then everyone that was just watching, I think it's a, a sweet reveal that I remember as a kid being very entertained by the fact that oh, then everyone has maroon faces, brings it everyone together. Uh, it you know it with everything that's happened with the blackface uh, controversies, <laughs> this, this did bring a little bit of. I, I, it made me go for a second, but it was all done not in that way, and it's it's only triggering in in hindsight. But it was it was there was a moment there. I think they wisely put some Bayside students who are not white at the front of the they did. students dancing they front as loaded a specific choice. Four African-American students with the paint on their face in the front, a uh, wise decision. Wow, that, I didn't even notice this. Oh yeah, I, I noticed that right away because it was like, someone was like, Ugh. yeah, because it, it's there is, to be clear, there's nothing wrong about this scene, nothing wrong with what they're doing, but it is like, so next door neighbor to something that could be wrong <laughs> that yes. they took some precautions to like address that. Yeah, those, that was a good choice. This this did not age as poorly as it could have. Yeah, it's no, like nothing's a, yeah, wrong. a few things. Yeah, right there, Dashel. My 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 cheers. Very aggressive. I think, like I said, the testosterone level was was elevated during this particular episode. You know what? I thought about that. I was like, you know what? I think this. He was just glad he was going to get to go home soon. And he was like, let's do this. Let's finish up this scene. Like, I don't know if you shot these out of sequence, I don't, uh, however this went, but I just pictured this being the last shot of the day and you get to go play video games and you're kind of like, <laughs> yes, this is almost over. So you're like, yeah, all right, let's go. And um, that's what I saw in that. But I do, I, I do love that you you call out those moments of like this like unbridled uh, teenage angst kind of uh, poking through in these moments. See, and I, I, I was almost going to buy into your theory that it was the last scene, but I was, I was looking to see if my face revealed anything once I turned to Belding, and I was in character. And generally, I would, I would have known if I was out of character and then turning had to get back into character. And I was in character that entire time mm. uh, to my reveal to Belding. So I, okay. I, I did try to pull, uh, try to see if that, um, if indeed I was like Mark Paul. 
and then having to be Zach Morris. And I think I stayed in that was for some reason I thought that, that was a Zach Morris choice to be that cheerful about us winning against Valley. Yeah, maybe you were still trying to figure out who he was and what made what excited him because it did yeah it was it did seem out of line with who he was but i i liked his school spirit at that moment however i am fascinated by what what is it right now in this moment that you can see a side shot of yourself because we saw it from the back and you go maybe i wasn't in character and then boom you see yourself what makes you know i'm in character here well it was because i'm cheering and it seems so out of character and for a split second as I turned, I would have had to have changed my, just my body language. I, I, mm. I guess I'm just going off of what I, I'm seeing myself do. Cause I've seen other times where I'm out of character, maybe I'm giggling at something and then you have to kind of quickly go back into character. And I, I don't know when I, when I watched that, um, that, uh, yeah, that shot of me going towards the door, I was trying to notice like, what was I doing with my body? Why was I, <laughs> why was I so aggressive with my cheer? And I couldn't figure it out. And I, and it was, I, I don't think I was, um, I don't know what I was doing. Honestly. That was the choice I, you made for him in that I guess. moment. Yeah. Maybe, and maybe Don. Yeah. I was going to say the director, maybe Don Barnhart told me to cheer louder and, and, and play it that way. I, well, I really I, don't know. I think it, it's because Zach was the one in the end who came up with the face paint idea that got everyone on board with Kelly. I mean, you really were a hero in this moment. So I think it goes with that, that, that whole thing. I, I, I think you're proud of yourself for getting it together. Look at, look at Mr. Belding shaking your hand at the end. I love this. This reveal here is, is, is pretty sweet. We knew this was coming though. So we knew this shot. was coming. Just I waiting I did for too. it. I wondered if I, I wondered if, if when I was a kid, I knew it was coming because this was a, this was a sweet reveal for a kid that didn't see it coming. Oh, and then he turns and he's got all the maroon dots where he put the cream on. And then here she comes. Uh-oh. My sweetheart. I don't even accept this kiss, by the way, when she kisses me on the cheek, it's our first kiss. Oh, I, I kind of recoil. It is, yeah. I recoil, like watch my body language when she kisses me. I kind of like, uh, uh, that was a kiss. Or was that you cheating your face out to camera to like get your full reaction? Um, I don't know. I don't know how comfortable I was being kissed at that yeah. age. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, after that cheat kiss, we get, um, as has mentioned before, maybe the budget on this show wasn't through the roof. <laughs> Didn't exactly have the cash to go film a real football game or ever see the field. So we get this like fun black and white footage, and we find out that uh, that Bayside won. Yep, they won the game. After because, 23 years. Because 23 everyone years. was so distracted by the maroon faces. The other team. Right, distracted being like a euphemism for truly terrified of like <laughs> what, they, what, what arena of hell they had entered when they came over the hill from their safe, safe valley. Um, and that's the episode. Guys, we did it. We actually did our very first uh, celebrity uh, <laughs> guest appearance, and and it went off without a hitch. I told Nikki, I said, "Listen, this will be thirty to forty five minutes top. I I I think we've done a record as well. This will be our longest show. I I mean, it's it all because of me. I I asked too many questions, but I I just have. To, I, I'm a fan, and I had too many questions, and um, I had the best time. I really did. This was um, this was one of the most fun things I've done over this this period in 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 quarantine with at my parents' house. Um, and it's just so apropos because I grew up watching this show 
amongst my parents in this same house. So it's this was this was so much fun, you guys. Thank you for having me. Oh, I thank you so, thank much, you so much for 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 doing this with us. And and please, if you have a favorite episode that's coming up, reach out to me, and and we'd love to have you on. I didn't want to ask, but I will definitely, definitely come back if you'll have me in a, in a heartbeat. So um, I will let you know. Please do. Uh, thank you so much, Nikki Glazer, for joining uh, for truly the longest, which must mean the best episode we've ever done. I hope it's and okay. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's great. I, I really enjoyed it. And thank you so much. Um, awesome insight uh, from a fan, from a lifelong fan. It was really cool to hear. Thank you, Mark Paul. We do have homework for next week. It's episode nine. Pinned to the mat. Mark Paul, shot in the dark. Any guess what pinned to the mat might be about? Well, I can only assume that it's something to do with Slater because it has, that's a reference to wrestling. Um, this isn't our fight. Bet. Yeah. It's not our fight yet, though, right? Does he, is it the one oh, where no. he throws me down? We've got a, we've just got many roads to go before you hit that fight. But it is, you are correct that it is something about. Wrestling wait, and therefore wait, Slater. is that the one, wait, is the fight when Zach's shirt gets ripped? Yeah. I think I started ovulating that day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never All forget right. that shirt being ripped. Well, that's about as smooth a segue as we could possibly be to, to close out this thing. Thank you, Nikki Glazer. Thank you, Mark oh, thank Paul. You thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Zach to the Future is a production of Cadence 13. It's executive produced by Mark Paul Gosler, myself, and Chris Corcoran. Production and direction led by Terrence Malangone. Editing and mastering by Andy Jaskowitz. Engineering and production coordination by Sean Cherry. Artwork by Kurt Courtney with illustrations by Jeff McCarthy. Marketing is led by Josephina Francis with PR by Hilary Schuf. Thanks to the whole team at Cadence 13 and to you for listening.